Warning, this episode contains foul language and is very innocently not safe for work. are listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with a friend and we talk about something weird, and today we're going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite subjects, the amazing world of science. My guests and I have spent a week researching the most amazing, strange, cool, hip, innovative, wonderful, gross science news that we could find, and today we're going to be sharing those stories with you. Lauren is on maternity leave, so it's just me here to welcome our guest, the one and only Handsome Joe. What's up? (laughs) So, April's been a shit show. In what way? In the sense that I don't think I've been healthy for any of it. I mean, you have been sick every day. Every day of April. And it's been different sicknesses. It's not even like a, I've got a cold. It's like you've gone from one polar extreme to the other. Mm -hmm. You've had the flu. Yeah. You've had- That was fun. uh, A stomach bug. Yep. That was great. You've had explosive diarrhea. Explosive. Well, no, actually, well, I know that the toilet bowl would suggest that it was explosive, but it was more like a uh, faucet. Like an old, like an old, like an old faucet. leaky faucet in an old farmhouse. Yeah, somebody's got to go out into the yard and like when prime the pump. When you first turned it on, <laughs> it was sporadic. It was like, but s- then it just ugh. slowly yeah. ran out. So there's been a lot of fluids. A lot of fluids. In our Joe house. has a funny story about something he got to walk oh. in on. Oh, <laughs> the uh, the uh, explosive. Pro- I, I'm sorry to use that adjective again, but it's the only one that will suffice. Uh, explosive projectile vomit. <laughs> explosive. I'm I'm sitting in the living room, and uh, and I, I'm also I don't think the, your listeners know this. I don't hear very well at um, all. I actually uh, genuinely do not have excellent hearing. It's probably a combination of bad DNA and good rock and roll, baby. But oh, um, but at the end of the day, I I don't hear well. So I hear something enough to make me pause the television. And I listen again, and sure enough, from the next room, I hear, <laughs> so I know what that means. So I go over to the door, and I knock, and I'm, I'm waiting for her for, get the fuck out of here! But, th- <laughs> but that doesn't happen. I don't hear anything. So I open the door, and I see the love of my life on her, on her haunches. She's not even doing it properly, where you like brace yourself with your hands. She is f- just like the most submissive posture possible. Forearms. On the the seat of the toilet, there is vomit all over the wrists of the sweatshirt that she's bad. that she's wearing. It's on the shower <laughs> next to the toilet. It's on the floor. It's just when I start thinking it's everywhere but the bowl, I get this amazing over the top bird's eye view <laughs> as I go to hold her hair back of just this deluge of vomit 
that is just being blast out of her with the force of a spacex rocket i thought i was gonna die it was real bad and it went on for a real long time and i had to try really hard to not laugh in the moment not, not yeah me too not because not because <laughs> it's funny that she's in there like barely able to breathe because she's throwing up so much but it was just such a shocking amount of vomit <laughs> that it was kind of one of those uncomfortable like oh, 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 oh my god laughs it wasn't funny so uh so we apologize or i should say ashley apologizes for this small delay yeah. in the release of this episode but uh in the name of health and science and science there's our segue we needed to delay yeah uh we needed to take a break and then we were gonna record this past weekend and then i came down with a, a new type of illness this time it's in my face but at least I'm not shitting and puking anymore. So we hope you have enjoyed Keep It Weird, the podcast. I will say that the episodes like Ashley's Days on This Earth do appear to be numbered. <laughs> um, but should she make a shocking recovery, uh, the podcast can continue. So. Yeah. Science has done nothing for me in the past week So and let's a half. not even do this episode. No. Then. Yeah. Let's just screw let's go you, back science. to what we were talking about before this episode where you tried to tell me all about Gilligan's Island, oh. a show that I've never seen this before. This is a person. I'm sorry. And then sorry. continued to, you know what? We shouldn't air our dirty laundry here. No, we're going to do this. Okay. You brought it up. We're going to do this. <laughs> the, the, the woman sitting to my right has never seen Gilligan's Island. I'm 31. Like, I'm why 33. Would I, why would I watch Gilligan's Island? Because it's Americana. It's a little slice of where we it's were. It's garbage. It's not garbage. But of course, as you know, those of you who have listened to the or seen the show, uh, which is, you know, everyone. No. Um, I had to go into everything. I had to go into the Ginger versus Marianne debate. Uh-huh. I had he to go had into to. how the professor was able to make uh, a, a dentist's drill while on the island. But nobody thought to like, I don't know, maybe gather some timber and fix the hull of the boat, you know. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that like pretty much everybody on the island was paired off and it's just it's it's just the skipper it's Gilligan and Ginger, which means that the skipper, he, he's got a clear lane to Ginger here because Gilligan, he's not he doesn't have it in him. He's not yeah. going to pull a movie star. And, you know, the skipper under normal circumstances wouldn't either. But but at the same point, <sighs> all the prof- all, all the skipper can think about is a thick, juicy steak. It's like, hey, buddy, you got a thick, juicy steak right there in the island with you, and she's got a beauty mark and red hair. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, t- I totally know what you're saying. Um, anyway, I was made I was made out to be some kind of weirdo because I have seen <laughs> Gilligan's Island. So. That wasn't why you were a weirdo, because you've seen Gilligan's Island. It's because you had to tell me all this stuff about Gilligan's Island. as if it- How could I not? I found out you'd never seen Gilligan's Island. True. I, had too I might many be on Jeopardy someday. It might be. I might be. You won't be. Why? You don't have it in you. No, I don't. The pressure would get to the me. The pressure would get to you. <laughs> You'd be like, I don't know. Can I write in my answers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say them out loud. I don't know. Can we do this over the phone? Can we do this over the phone? <laughs> um, hey, guys. We are Keep It Weird. Lauren is on maternity leave. She is doing very well. And Wilder is one of the cutest babies I've actually ever seen Super in my entire cute baby. life. Super cute baby. Um. Yeah, Joe, like the night before we went to see him, was like, uh, you know, I've seen babies. You see babies. You see one, you see them all. And I then- love kids. <laughs> don't like, I don't want that to be misconstrued. No. Like, I 
I really do think kids are just the bee's knees. I love kids, but babies, like, especially like newborn babies, it's like, come on, like five minutes, I get it all out of my system. You know what I mean? You got no new tricks for me. I'm passing you off to the next set of arms. <laughs> but, but this is a cute baby. This is a real cute baby. This is a really, really cute baby. So, yeah, I took my time with Wilder. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, hopefully, you guys will hear a little bit from Wilder on next week's episode because I think Lauren's going to pop in this week for a quickie before she leaves again. Okay. going to pop in for a quickie? A quickie with me. Hmm. Just like a quick friend, like a friend, friend quickie. So like you a know. friends with benefits arrangement? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like how you benefit from having a close friend. Oh. Bye. All right. I'm going to start. Get us started. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do it. Science. So I actually kind of split mine up today, all my stories. I wanted to cover sort of medical science, sciencey science, environmental That's science. That's my favorite kind of science. The science-y kind? Science-y science. Environmental science, historical science. Like, I've got all the sciences covered. But I'm going to start with mental health, uh, medical science, and uh, something really fascinating happening in the world of medical science and mental health has to do with schizophrenia. Schizophrenia, this is just kind of, if you don't know or if you're confused, but schizophrenia is a lifelong disorder. And as of today, there is no cure. There's only treatment. And it usually starts at early adulthood and consists of chronic psychosis and functional decline. Schizophrenia involves hallucinations, uh, hearing voices or seeing things that aren't really there, delusions, which usually manifest themselves as paranoia, uh, believing that people are against you. The exact cause of schizophrenia has always been studied. There definitely seems to be a genetic factor. Usually subjects who are diagnosed with schizophrenia have a family history of psychosis. Environment is also a factor, being exposed to certain viruses or malnutrition before birth, etc. So, so basically my future. Yes. Okay. Also, here you go, Joe's future. Also, interestingly enough, substance abuse during teen years. Uh-oh. The years in which you are developing can increase the chances of developing schizophrenia. A growing body of evidence indicates that smoking marijuana as a teenager increases the risk of psychotic incidents and ongoing psychotic experiences. The younger and more frequent the use, the greater the risk. But also the groovier they are. <laughs> it's the price you pay. Yeah, that's that's actually really bad news for me because when I was younger, my digestive system was basically a pharmacy. So, <laughs> so this will be my last episode on well, Keep It Weird. I have a, I have a precipitous decline I must embark upon. Something else they've started to look at is immune processes. More than twenty different antibodies are elevated are at an elevated level in patients with schizophrenia compared to patients without. Hmm. So autoimmune diseases can definitely play a role. Now, here's where it gets super interesting. A patient whose identity has remained a secret had a blank psychiatric history. He was retired, married. He had two adult children. At age 67, he developed fatigue and was diagnosed with chronic lymphocytic leukemia and bone marrow aplasia and required weekly blood transfusions. He also tried chemotherapy and other treatments to no avail. 
In 2007, he received a bone marrow transplant from his brother, the only person in his family who was a match. His brother was 13 years younger than he was, and he had also suffered from schizophrenia since early adulthood and required consistent treatment of antipsychotics. No other relatives suffered from schizophrenia. About five or six months after the bone marrow transplant, man number one, the guy who needed the transplant, started to hear voices in his head. Oh, no. Yeah. What he described as a running commentary, a la Stranger Than Fiction, and also threatening voices. He experienced bizarre and non-bizarre delusions. His insight and judgment were poor. He described his mood as angry and developed suicidal and homicidal thoughts and was admitted to a psychiatric clinic. Now, this was all a couple of years ago. I think about five years ago. So last year, a report came out of another patient. This man developed delusions at age 23. He thought his thoughts were leaking out of his head and that others could hear them. He also thought that actors in TV and movies were signaling him trying to communicate. He was irritable, anxious, and barely slept. He was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Antipsychotic drugs did not help, and he was deemed treatment-resistant. A year later, the man's condition worsened. He developed fatigue, fever, shortness of breath, and it turned out he actually had cancer of the blood. He needed a blood and bone marrow transplant to survive. After the procedure, his delusions and paranoia had almost completely disappeared. His schizophrenia and cancer had seemingly vanished. Years later, he was completely off all medication and showed no psychiatric symptoms. The bone marrow transplant cured his schizophrenia. Whoa. Isn't that nuts? Science. (laughs) This is a theory though, that's been suggested before several times throughout history. Actually, in the late 19th century, physicians noticed that when infections tore through psychiatric wards, the fevers seemed to cause an improvement in some mentally ill and even catatonic patients. Um, An Austrian physician named Julius Wagner developed a method of uh, deliberate infections of psychiatric patients with malaria to induce fever. Now, some of his patients died. It was the time. (laughs) The greater good. (laughs) Some of the patients died from the treatment, which isn't awesome. But many of them recovered and no longer needed psychiatric treatment. That's a win. Yeah. He won the Nobel Prize in 1927. So in the past 15 years or so, a new field has emerged called autoimmune neurology. And those studying this are focusing on the role of immune activation in serious psychiatric disorders. We could potentially discover through this study that schizophrenia is not the only mental disorder that can be cured by studying immune disorders. Wow. So yeah, these guys had bone marrow transplants and either got schizophrenia or got rid of schizophrenia from bone marrow, which I think is is pretty fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah, you would think that there was no possible correlation between the two, but yeah. here we are talking well, about it. And that's really exciting because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of um mental health disorder, even like what I have where I have like anxiety and depression, and it's most likely an anxiety disorder that leads to depression because the anxiety gets so bad. And, you know, what they know about anxiety is like it has to do with your serotonin levels. It has to do with how your body produces this, that or the other. But like 
okay, but what causes my body to do that? Right. Let's study that for a minute. <laughs> like, I could... Not with your HMO. No, no. My HMO is like... To, uh, can you describe... We won't say the location because that's rude, but mm-hmm. the one urgent care that took my health insurance... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it... What did it smell like to you? <sighs> smell like cigarettes. Oh, I didn't smell any cigarettes. Really? No, uh, I was the smell was the smell was fine to me. No, the the uh, visual appearance was something that I that I had somewhat of an issue with. Yeah, it looked like like a, a, an uh, a doctor's office adjacent, like not quite the doctor's office, but they had like a storage closet, and they were like, "Let's just make this the waiting room." <laughs> and uh and it was also in war-torn Sarajevo. Yeah. That's what it looked like. It was like 1994 Bosnia doctor's office. That's probably the best way that I can describe it. Maybe the waiting room didn't smell like it, but once you went back into like the like actual Dr. Pulisic's yeah. quarters, yeah. yeah, where he just chain smokes camel unfiltered and like is cigarettes. like, she's hysterical. She's a woman." <laughs> yeah, and it was like, Get her "Where out am I?" Yeah. What's happening? This is the only place that takes my insurance. I pay $300 a month for insurance. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I actually, I have something that's uh, on a similar uh, similar subject here. So Yay. I'll just, it wasn't going to be the first one that I led with, but it's topical. So, and for, for the listeners at home, I, I want you to know that I, um, I'm going to be including my own like little personal headlines for all these news articles because I get a kick out of myself. And uh, and I like and I like my headlines probably more than anything else I did for this assignment. So the first head the first headline is more ketamine, please. Remember, like Ovaltine, (laughs) but it's ketamine. So ketamine, which is a drug very well known for its use as a uh, surgical anesthetic as well as its far groovier recreational use, is now not only being successfully used in trial runs to treat depression. But the process itself is teaching scientists and researchers a ton about how ketamine and similar drugs affect brain circuitry. Oh. So ketamine was first developed in 1964. It was uh, effectively used uh, treating soldiers wounded during the Vietnam War. Since then, obviously, it has seen uh, a rise in its recreational use due to its hallucinogenic properties, which uh, propels its users into a trance-like state of sedation. I don't, I've never done ketamine personally, but uh, I, I kind of balk at the whole like trance-like state. But, you know, that's, that's a personal problem. Uh, <laughs> most, most forms of modern MDMA actually contain uh, a, a pretty, pretty hefty amount of ketamine really? to it. Yes. So in treating mice with the drug, Scientists first had to induce a state of depression within the mice. The uh, head neuroscientist and lead researcher, Dr. Connor Liston, noted, quote, there is no such thing as a depressed mouse. So uh, so first we had to make the mice depressed before we tried to cure them of their depression. So the researchers gave the mice a stress hormone that caused them to act depressed. They lost interest in their favorite activities like exploring mazes. Uh, They stopped eating sugar, which was like it is for me, uh, their favorite pastime. Um, So they stopped doing all of these things. These were clinically depressed mice. So then the team used a special laser microscope to study the animal's brains. 
they specifically targeted changes to the various synapses located therein. And sure enough, the mice had lost significant synapses and brain activity after receiving the stressed hormone. So they are officially, formally, clinically depressed at this point. So then the team administers the ketamine. Within six hours, the brain circuits damaged by stress began working better. The mice ceased to act depressed. They started once again partaking in their favorite activities. After another six hours, the scientists were shocked to observe that the ketamine was not only providing the immediate short-term relief, but that it was actually restoring many of the same exact synapses in their exact same configurations as had existed prior to the administering of the stress hormone. So in other words, it was treating the animal in the short term while also repairing it for the long term. This is being hailed as a potential game changer, not only in the fight to treat depression, but to ultimately and hopefully cure people of depression. That'd be tight. That would be tight. <laughs> That'd be super tight. I feel bad for all those super bummed out mice, but then yeah, they, but then they got but then to they do get ketamine. To do ketamine. <laughs> you know, they get to they got to have they got to have like their own little personal Burning Man festival yeah. in their tank. And- I talked about uh, this a little bit on the new thing I'm doing on YouTube, Strange History, uh, when I talked about the guy who accidentally created LSD, right. And how, like, he championed for... And this guy won the Nobel Peace Prize. Like, this guy's not... No one to scoff at, you know? Sure. And he championed for the medical use of LSD for his entire life. And he continued to do LSD until the day he died. By the way, he lived to 102 and was literally, like, speaking at a conference. And collapsed at 102 and died. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he was still... A conference still, he drove to and walked He was still, like, traveling and, and yeah. like, speaking in places sure. at 102. He was healthy as a horse. Got and in a bar fight LSD. six weeks prior. <laughs> yeah. One. So, uh, wouldn't it be horrible if it was, like, he was murdered at 102 oh years old? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, no, that's awful. But, he had the brain activity of a 40-year-old. <laughs> so, that's something to be said about LSD. And uh, they have started to... To attempt to test L- like long-term use of LSD on things like depression. And, and-, and for the record, for, for anybody who's listening, who's, who's thinking like, what the fuck? I did LSD. This, it is microdosing. Yes. It is. It's not like doing a sheet of acid and then, you know, Going to li- an listening to Brothers. Iron Butterfly for 30. 30- oh, God. <laughs> Should I tell the story? Um, we'll save it. We'll save we'll it. Sa- we'll, we'll save my. We'll spare we'll you. We'll save my LSD Almond Brothers concert <laughs> story for another day. We'll, I don't we'll know. Do, we'll, You've already brought it up. We'll do a full They're episode itching. on it. They're itching uh, for the story now. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. I'll tell it. Sorry, Dad. Ooh, sorry, listeners. This story is too not safe for Joe to go out into the whole interwebs. But join our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast if you want to hear a very hilarious story from Joe about drugs. And bonus... You'll also get access to all of our other Patreon episodes and videos. Sorry for being such a tease. Back to the ep. <laughs> what was that? Back on topic. Thank you so much what, for sharing. What's this episode about? <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that hilarious story. You're welcome. Um, what was that antidepressant that just got like um, approved by the FDA? 
that is like an inhalant that you like spray up your nose. Oh yeah, remember? I don't know the name of it, but I remember the. It just got headline. approved. I remember the day it happened because you came to me and you were like, "We need to check this out for you." Um, and it's uh, you spray it up your nose, and it's an antidepressant, and it has to be prescribed, obviously, as all antidepressants do. But it it goes to work in hours because most antidepressants you have to take. It has to build up a tolerance in your system. You know, I had to take it was probably three weeks before I even started to feel better. Right. Your body uh, starting, has to adjust to it. Yeah, starting antidepressants. And the problem with having depression and, and being prescribed a medication that's supposed to help you is that it's hard enough to go to a doctor to say that you have that problem. It's a very scary experience. And then to like go to the doctor and to go to therapy and to get the pills and go to the pharmacy and get the pills all while you're depressed, it's like climbing a mountain with a cat on your shoulder that keeps biting you. Yeah, it's like telling somebody who's got two broken legs. It's like, all right, the first thing you need to do is you need to walk to your doctor's office. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll just fucking walk to my doctor's office. Like, I have depression so bad I can't leave the house. And they're like, great, when can you come in for a therapy session? And you're like, "Uh, never. No. Never. No, I can't. I can't. So after you finally get up the nerve to do all of that, then they give you these pills and you take them and you take them and you take them, and you're not getting any better, and you're just like, well, I'm broken. I guess I'll fucking die. And then Jessica by the Almond Brothers starts playing, <laughs> and they kick in immediately. And they kick in immediately. And then you have a super groovy time. So I think that this uh, inhalant minutes. could be really great. Could be a groundbreaker. Could be a groundbreaker. Hey, let's do more science stories. Yeah, let's do more science You take stuff. one. Okay. Um, I'm going to do... So my last one was kind of uplifting, so I'm going to do one that's not yeah. so uplifting. Let's do one that's like real, man. Yeah, that's we're like Because like life is pain. Life is pain. Another story I have today involves biological science and is super depressing. My favorite kind of science. This is something that I've mentioned before on the show. I believe I talked about it on the Weird Nature episode. Everyone always talks about the potential extinction of bees and what it could do to our environment and how it will hurt pollination and all of that. But what you may not know is actually all of the world's insects are heading towards extinction, which could cause Joseph. Thank God. Joseph. I'm just saying, if you've ever been to Washington, D.C. in the summertime, you won't think this is such a bad thing. This is a horrible thing. All right. It's going to cause the collapse of... Every ecosystem. Thank God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not bad news to you who's just like, burn it down. I will I will, <laughs> I will. will gently close the door on my way out. Um, yes. So all of the world's insects are actually heading towards extinction, which could cause catastrophic collapses of all of nature's ecosystems. Every single one of them, including the ocean. So more than 40% of insect species are declining and a third of all insects are endangered. Wow. The rate of extinction is eight times faster than that of mammals and birds. And the total mass of insects is falling by 2.5% a year, indicating that the planet is at the beginning of a sixth mass extinction. Wow. So just to remind you, 
The previous five mass extinctions resulted in 75 to 96% of all species loss, Mm -hmm. all of them. There was one 375 million years ago, one 251 million years ago, one 200 million years ago, and one 66 million years ago. And newsflash, they didn't happen overnight. It started very slowly. Unless you believe that the Earth is only 6,000 years old, then you're listening to the wrong show. Insects are not just for pollinating. They are essential for the proper functioning of all ecosystems. They are food for other creatures. They are recyclers of nutrients. The main driver of declines is pesticides, but urbanization and climate change are also significant factors. If this rate continues, the 2.5% loss per year that we've been showing for the past 30 years, in 10 years, we will have a quarter less In 50 years, only half of the world's insects will be left. And in 100 years, we will have no insects left on the planet. And the collapse of entire ecosystems will be irreversible long before that point. Wow. So first, it's going to be the insects and the plants, obviously. Then it will be the birds, reptiles, amphibians, and fish that eat those insects and plants. And then it will be the predators that eat those creatures. And then soon after that, it's going to be us. So if you have stock in citronella, (laughs) sell. Sell. Sell now. So that's fucking awful. And uh, I actually, when I first read this story, it's starting to be noticeable. It's not just sort of a, um, you know, only scientists are privy to this. It's starting to be noticeable to everyone everywhere. Like if you drive cross country, used to, you'd have to like stop and clean your windshield You don't have to do that anymore. It's funny you bring that up because I actually just noticed this past week how many how many bugs were hitting my windshield on the freeway. Really? I did a lot of driving this past week and like every five miles I'd be like, God God damn it. And I'd have to clean my windshield again. (laughs) Well, that's good. Debunked. (laughs) Fake news. Well, maybe they're all uh, they're all migrating like the butterflies. Yeah, they're all hanging out in Palmdale. Cool. So should I just cut that whole story out? No. That's a good story, honey. <laughs> so, but after that super depressing insect story, I also have a ridiculous bug story. Hey, I like those. Uh, honestly, I have no idea how they figured this out, but a study probably was- Probably science. N- no, wait till you hear they it. They probably used science. Wait till you hear All it. Right, You're okay. not going to understand either. Hit me. A study was recently published in the journal Acta Tropica. Love it. On mosquito feeding and breeding habits. And uh, they found that the insects are less likely to eat or reproduce when the song Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites by Skrillex is playing. Does it have something to do with vibrations? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So the specific breed of mosquito research was the yellow fever mosquito, the one that is known to carry a multitude of horrible diseases. Malaria, yeah. West Nile. Exactly. Yeah. It turns out that electronic music, specifically ones with low frequency vibrations, disrupt mating habits in insects because the noise makes it harder for them to receive signals <laughs> because, because from it's Because the music is so unsexy. They're like, you know what? Never mind. I'm, <laughs> not, what? I, I'm not in the mood I anymore. lost it. I lost I lo- it. I lost my little mosquito boner. <laughs> I just don't have it anymore. This music sucks. 
Oh, my God. (laughs) While researchers are hopeful that these findings can be used to help develop more ways to control mosquito-carried diseases, but this could also be a contributor to our insect mass extinction, noise pollution, Mm. and the playing of Skrillex could be affecting their abilities to reproduce. So, really, we shouldn't have club music. Well, yes. Yes. Outdoor club music. We don't need the Keep insects to die out for us to know that. <laughs> yeah. No, we just should not Keep have it inside. But ACDC did once say that rock and roll ain't noise pollution, so I rest my case. The defense rests, Your Honor. We should talk to our neighbor about his music playing habits. Oh, my God. Habits. His, his, his extraordinarily questionable music taste. Yeah, his, yeah. like... Blade Two Club, awful. In his, the basement, his, his Blood Rave music that he yeah. works out to at two in the afternoon. I'll go tell him you're killing the bugs. You're killing man. the bugs, sir. Yeah. Well. So I wonder what music. Here's the thing. I understand the science that they are trying to do. Um, these Skrillex playing scientists. But now I want them to try and figure out what music makes them fuck more. Yeah, and let's not take the low-hanging fruit and be like, Marvin Gaye. No, 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 no. Let's give me a good example. What's what's a good song that you think think a little insect-y can get his his swerve onto? Well, it's got to have something with like a z in it. Z. Z. Is there any songs with a good z? Oh, you know what? What? Creedence Clearwater. There's so many mosquitoes in the bayou. <laughs> right? Just play Green River and they're yeah. like, mm, oh, Green River, yeah. baby. Mm-mm-mm. Or play like, you know, play Fortunate One. Fortunate Son. Fortunate Son, I'm we're gonna, so we're sorry. We're going to have to cut this part I'm out of so the episode. I'm so sorry. I'll I say it again. So I'm going to say it again. Play Fortunate Son. Oh, good one. Fortunate Son. <laughs> yeah, that was good. We did it. Thank you. We covered it. Um, and because maybe being a mosquito is sort of like constantly just being in a helicopter, being dropped into Vietnam. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's, that's a good, good point. That's a scientific wow. point I just you made. Know what? The prosecution rests, Your Honor. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do a story now. Yay. And uh, the title of I'm gonna this I'm going to blow is, my nose. The title of this one is Space Herpes. <laughs> Space herpes. Oh, yeah, it's, it's my a, favorite kind. It is. It's the only kind. Yeah. Um, the only kind of herpes? It's the only kind of herpes to get. No, it's True. not It's not actually herpes that you get in space. Oh. Here's the story. I'm going to dish it. So research, new research I should specify, conducted by NASA, shows that dormant herpes viruses reactivate in more than half of the astronauts who travel on the space shuttle and onto the International Space Station. Whoa. More than half, which does seem like it's definitely going to put a pretty serious damper on space fucking. Yes, and also, who are these astronauts? Who are these sexually active (laughs) geeks? Yeah. I didn't these know they had These sex. people aren't geeks. These people have IQs of 170 and are also yeah. fighter pilots. <laughs> these okay. people are most certainly not geeks. These people emasculate me to the point where my genitalia actually ascends into my body cavity. Which is too bad, though, because, I mean, you know, the whole space fucking thing. Because, I mean, you know, future deep space missions... You know, not only can you like n- not include most of those astronauts in your pool of candidates, right? But also, like, what a waste of zero G's. You know, all of the stuff that you can do in that atmosphere that you can't do on your fucking twin size bed. You know what I mean? 
So that's just kind of like a little ancillary, you know, oh, that's a bummer kind of thing. It is a bummer, but herpes won't kill you. But also you have a job to do. Yeah, you got a job to do. Focus on, your, yeah, focus on your tasks. So what happens is during space flight, there is a rise in the secretion of stress hormones like uh, cortisol and adrenaline, and uh, they suppress the immune system. So the author of the study, uh, Satish Mehta, noted that the astronauts' immune cells, particularly those that suppress and eliminate viruses, become less effective during spaceflight and sometimes for up to 60 days after returning. Oh, Jesus. So pretty, pretty substantial stuff here. So out of the 89 astronauts studied, six experienced a herpes outbreak in space. So roughly 7%, which isn't too bad, all things considered. Uh, however, the symptoms and viral shedding, which is gross, yeah. uh, became exponentially worse the longer the astronauts were away from Earth. Which, again, you know, thinking of future deep space missions, those two, Mars and beyond, um, puts those at great risk. Those are just astronauts that you can't use. Yeah. So they're going to have to learn how to uh, generate that atmosphere here on Earth, see whose dormant herpes flares up. And when it flares up, it's like, well, guess what? Not only are you not going to space, but now you also have herpes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, oh, that's awful. Yeah, it is. That's, 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 that's pretty rough. Um, so I guess if there's anything to take from this, I would say that uh, just because you're a genius and a scientist and you're in outer space doesn't need you don't have to bag that shit up. Bag it up. Bag it up. Safe sex is great sex. Amen. <laughs> praise him. Yeah, praise him. Yeah, praise he is him. risen. I feel I feel a little I feel a little I don't know. I I feel a little self-conscious of how short my stories are compared to yours. Don't. 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 Okay. Don't you dare. All right. You're a beautiful man. Aw. And you should never feel self-conscious about how short your stories are. Yeah, it's not about how short they are. It's about how well you use them. Exactly. Okay. Thank you, honey. Size does not matter. I forgot. Hey, I'm going to do another one. No. Yeah. I have something to say first <sighs> about the herpes stuff. Oh, okay. I just want to talk very briefly about the cool things that we've learned about what happens to your body in space like for example i don't know if you remember um we talked about it very briefly on a past episode these this astronaut went into space he was a twin mm -hmm. his brother stayed on earth i'm familiar you remember uh, uh, i know so you, the had, twin, you listening to this couldn't hear me but i i was hoping that i could be smug and and arrogant enough in the way that i said that that you all just envisioned me just like taking off my bifocals and like rubbing my sinuses just because i'm just so above all of this anyway continue you also squinted your eyes a lot when you said it well it was extra smug True. It was extra smug. I don't appreciate it. So the twin that went into space, when he got back from outer space, his DNA didn't match his identical twin brother. Right. Not not perfectly. It was still, for the record, it was still very similar. It was still similar, very similar, but, but it didn't match. And eventually it did go back to the way it was. Yes. Um, but essentially what happened was his strands of DNA got stretched. Which, if you think about it, I mean, is that does that have something to do with like if you see uh, movies with space travel, how aging slows down? Mm -hmm. Do you think that would? I mean, you know, those are all theoretical it's science. Possible, yeah. Again, we're we're kind of I, I would say we're going down the rabbit hole, but we're kind of going down the wormhole here. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not smart enough to weigh in on this. Mm, yeah, true. Okay. I don't know. It. I mean, I. I would. I would presume. Man, I don't know. It, it could have. It could have something to do with zero gravity yeah. for an extended period of time. It could have to do with time and space traveling deeper into space. It could have down. to do know. with the fact that he was probably abducted while he was up there. Oh, most certainly. Yeah, abducted. they did experiments on him. Yeah. 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 Stretched out his DNA in the process. Stretched it out and then we're like, watch watch how bad this is going to screw with everybody back on Earth. This is going to send them back like 20 years. Easy. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to get it at all. Yeah. Anyways, that was uh, that was all I had to say. That's okay. It was good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, I liked your... It was good commentary. Good job, honey. Thank you. I'm really good at commentary. I got another one. You ready for it? Uh-huh. Space Jews! Space Jews! Space Jews! Wait. Jews? Yeah, Space Jews. Oh, I think it's Space Juice. No, way better. Space <laughs> Hebrews. So on April 11th, Israel's first ever attempted moon landing failed in the last moments. Oh, oh so no. close, Jews. As the tiny robotic lander named Bereshit uh, failed to stick the landing. However, the American judge still gave them a 9.7. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, my oh, God. That was barely jokes a and story. Jokes and jokes and jokes. So that's just a little geopolitical humor there for you. Um, so Bereshit, which is uh, Hebrew <laughs> for in the beginning. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Okay. It's, uh, it's the first word of the Torah or the Old Testament, if uh, depending on which side of the whole Judeo-Christian fence you get down on. Um, so it could also be used in Bereshit, we crashed on the moon, oy vey. It's another way you can use Bereshit. Um, so uh, that's almost certainly not the last bad Jewish joke that I make yeah, on this subject. Yeah, keep going. This but I'm nice. allowed because I am Jewish. So originally, the landing vehicle was the product of an Israeli group called Space IL, who developed the craft as part of the now-dead Google, Google Lunar X Prize. I struggled with that one. Yeah. Uh, that was a competition to send the first private vehicle to the moon. Uh, none of the participants hit Google's deadline, but Space IL pushed on. Jews will persevere uh, with their mission. So the vehicle was successfully launched off a SpaceX rocket. It was deployed into a wide orbit around the Earth on February 21st, and it spent the last two months traveling out to the moon at roughly 3 p.m. on April 11th. Bereshit entered lunar orbit. It fired its main engine and began the landing process. This is where you're going to pipe in some sound effects right here. Oh, yeah. To really... This is not a manned mission for the record. I don't know who's oh. breathing. It's an alien. Um, it's so, me listening to the story. So it just is. like I'm like Helga. Or what's the boy that has a crush on Helga and Hey Arnold? Oh, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Hey, I just missed Hey Arnold. Just a little too, ah, little too old. See, hey okay. I'm, I'm a Ren and Stimpy guy. Well, so in Hey Arnold, there's a kid. His name is Arnold, and he has a football ball, football ball, yeah, football Helga shaped head. And, yeah, he lives with his You get to tell me all about Gilligan's Island, and I can't tell you all about Hey Arnold. Tell me about Hey Arnold. Okay, I honestly don't remember much about it. Cool story, actually. <laughs> wow, great job. I just wanted to give you shit. Sorry. He did live with his grandparents because they think something really tragic happened to his parents. Yeah, that, correct me if I'm wrong. They don't address on the show. Um, no, I don't think they. You got do. two episode, two seasons rather max before you have you know the statute of limitations on not explaining that shit expires, and we got to know what it's happened. A children's what happened show. To Arnold's parents. 
But I say that, but in Rugrats, they explain what happens to what happened to Chucky's mom. Chucky's mom died. Do they? Oh my god! I'm like too depressed to go on with this podcast I'm now. So I didn't sorry. know that Chucky's mom died. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Anyway, back the- to my oh, story. Sorry. <sighs> so bear sheet's in lunar orbit fires its main engines we're coming down on the moon look out moon here we come so all's fine at first but the engine firing which was supposed to slow the lander's speed from 3700 miles per hour inexplicably stopped it just failed uh-huh. uh the mission team lost communication with the craft shortly thereafter which means <laughs> crash landing on the moon and a new crater that's kind of neat though oh nice. hey new crater, new crater on the moon it's like the man in the moon has a new pockmark because he had bad skin. Okay. Because he's Jewish. So had the mission been successful, Space IL would have been, I really hope it's not Space Eel, but I think it's Space IL. Uh, it would have been the first privately funded lander on the moon's surface. To date, only three countries, the United States, China, and Russia, have successfully landed on the moon with all vehicles doing so having been overseen and funded by their respective governments. So this would have been the first, but it failed. It didn't work. So I guess the moon is just going to have to wait a little longer until it's annexed and occupied by Israel. Last one. That was it. That was it? Was that, that was, it? Yeah. Oh, I, I really like, like that shy yeah, thing you did with your shoulder. Because I kind of, I, I worry because I'm like, yeah, space Jews, Hebrews, woo. And I don't want anybody to be like, that handsome Joe's a Zionist. So I had to throw in a little joke there just to balance out the scales of justice, baby. That's right. all. That's all that was. So that's cool and sad. Yes. It's just sad. That just sucks. Yes. I feel bad. Yes. You know that they were, they're probably still bummed. What did you say it was April 11th? April 11th. So this was like 10 days ago? Yeah. Yeah, they're probably still bummed. They probably are. They probably haven't like <laughs> left mission control. No, they're they're pro- I can see them there. all. They're just sitting there sulking. You know, like, what what happened? What happened? <laughs> we were so close. We made it to the moon. We crossed at the last second. This is terrible. It's a shander. Um, I do have to say, I saw a picture of the Mars rover. Yep, super recently. Cute. Very cute. I saw a picture of it recently, sta- uh, standing. Yeah, standing next to a person smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette. Standing there, smoking a cigarette. Leaning against a shed. <laughs> um, I didn't realize how big it was. I thought it was the size of a dog. It's no, the size of a minivan. It's huge. It's enormous. They sent it to Mars. I still thought it was the size of a dog. Do you think it, it was, was like a, a Tonka thing. truck? Yeah, no. No, I just thought it was like... It's like the size of a Hummer. It's enormous. Yeah. So if anyone... Mars rovers, very big. Well, I'm going to go with know. another one right here because there was redemption for Israel. Oh, really? The Israelites got a redemption. Woo! Yeah, so even though their first attempt at a moon landing was woefully unsuccessful, uh, retribution came this past week in the form of Dr. Tal Devere of the University of Tel Aviv. For the first time in human history, science has created a three-dimensional, fully vascularized human heart using 3D printing. That's so cool. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, Whoa, guys. Joey Lawrence likes it, and he's not even Jewish. Uh, so yeah, Joe. Uh, by the way, listeners, we forgot to tell you Joey Lawrence is in the studio today. Hey, Joey, what's going on? Hey, guys, how you doing? I'm really happy to be relevant again. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry. Keep that going. actually Go wasn't on. Joey. That was his brother, Matthew, doing a really <laughs> suspect impression of his brother. <laughs> You'd think he'd be better at this by Who now, Who do you Matt. think is the cutest Lawrence brother? Matthew. Matthew, right? Easily. Yeah, easily. Not even close. Yeah. Especially because Joey's like bald now. It's just fucking Is he weird. bald or does he shave his head? 
Well, I think he's doing like a Matt Lauer thing where it's like, I'm going bald, so I'm going to shave my head. I'm going to get ahead of the game. Figures it it's out. like Bruce Willis. Yeah. Bruce Willie. Bruce Willie. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew's. <clears throat> Matthew's really Matthew, handsome. Matthew, easily. If you if you don't know which one Matthew is, Matthew's the one from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Yeah, cutie pie. It's never going to be Joey. Joey looks like a gremlin. Yeah, well, you got to... Oh, not Joey. I'm sorry. Andy. A- Andy? Isn't that the youngest one? Joey Lawrence, Matthew Lawrence, and then the, the littlest Lawrence. I don't know. I think An- it's Andy A- Lawrence. Andy doesn't seem right, though. Okay, well, I'm going to look We're it up. We're looking this up. Telling you look this story. up. I'm going to keep telling my story. Back to my stories. So, uh, using human cells and patient-specific biological materials, Dr. DeVere and his team were able to perfectly replicate the immunological, biochemical, and anatomical properties of their test subject's hearts. Whoa. That's so Uh, cool. This heart, which is roughly the size of a rabbit's, was created from human cells obtained through biopsies. The tissue samples were then experimentally exposed to chemicals called bioinks, which is a super bioinks. awesome word, bioinks, uh, and reprogrammed to become either heart or blood vessel cells. Cool. Um, the study represents a major turning point for patients with congestive heart failure, uh, as heart transplants are currently the only definitive treatment for patients in the end stages of heart disease. Given the lack of available healthy hearts when compared to the number of people who are suffering from CHF, the high healthcare costs, as well as the life-threatening nature of transplant rejection among those who are even able to afford the procedure in the first place, yeah, no shit. Uh, this is being viewed as a potentially monumental moment in the world of heart health. Mega, mega, mega news. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so the next step in the process is going to be studying the hearts in vivo, meaning inside live inside, organisms. Inside, yeah. So they're actually going to create these hearts um, using Slap DNA inside, from whatever people. animal they're using from test subjects. And uh, and then they're going to see how the hearts work. So, you know, I mean, you know, this is, again, very, very early stages. But theoretically, um, this could be the beginning of the end of heart disease. Yeah. I mean, you know, granted, it's going to be, it's going to be a while before this shit is available to the common man. Yeah, to just like whomever. Yeah, it's going to be like the first VHS, where it's like the first VHS is released, and it's like, for only $7,000, you can have this home VHS, and now they're just like on sidewalks and Van Nuys everywhere you go. I can't wait till 3D printed hearts are on sidewalks and Van Nuys. I know. It's going to be so awesome. Do you want to see Andrew Lawrence? Yes. It is Andrew Lawrence? Yep. I was right. Oh, my God. What happened? (laughs) He's all bug-eyed. He's got but what was what was he in? He was in the move uh, the show with all three of them. Were their brothers? Oh duh! What was that show? I forgot the that Lawrence's? show. I forgot that show even existed. No, probably no. That that showcases the originality of studio exists. No, let me see. I, we got a th- he kinda brothers. Looks, he kind of looks like a grouper. What's a grouper? Like the fish, like a grouper. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got like a kind of a wide mouth and he's kind of kind of bug eyed. Sorry, Andrew. Sorry, Andrew. Sorry, sorry, Andrew. Um, he is, I believe, a musician. Brotherly Love, guys. Brotherly Love is the name of the show. Oh, he's been on. Uh, Andrew Lawrence has been on Hawaii Five O since 2010. Oh, well, yeah, at least he's working. That's he something working. you can't say for the other Lawrence brothers. <laughs> 
All right, we should move on unless we want to spend. Uh, he's the also rest going this to be in the. the uh, he's also going to be in the next Finding Nemo. Movie. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> oh, oh god! Oh, that one felt good. Oh, oh that one felt so good. That one felt so good. I feel like <laughs> Superman being exposed to the sun after that joke. I can like feel myself getting stronger. Uh, well, I've done quite a few in a row, so take the reins, baby. Okay, this one's cool, especially after the last story that I did, which was a downer. A little bit. An environmental downer. Well, this is another, well, it was more biological, but this one's environmental. This is an environmental science story. I love the environment. Scientists have created a method to convert carbon dioxide in our atmosphere back into solid coal. Whoa. Whoa, indeed. This is one of several recently developed negative emissions techniques that seek to make carbon capture and storage cheaper, safer, and more efficient. This particular method was developed in Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia. Um, This particular method was developed in Melbourne, Australia by a team at RMIT University. This isn't the first time we've been able to convert CO2, but it is used to be that we could only convert it in to a solid form at extremely high temperatures, making it industrially unviable. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't going right. to be a thing. Right. This new technique uses a liquid metal electrocatalyst that contains nanoparticles of a rare metal called cerium. Now, this is not only exciting because it's a way to have renewable coal but it also shows us that carbon can hold an electrical charge, which makes it what is known as a supercapacitor. So it can potentially be used as a component in future vehicles. Um, the process also produces synthetic fuel. Hot damn. Hot damn. Take as that, a, OPEC. Take that, you. Who's OPEC. Baby. Why? I'm so we're, sorry. We're going to have to take you back to high school social What's studies. What's OPEC? Well, OPEC is the it's the, 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 the coalition for uh, oil and petroleum exporting countries. It's like really? Kuwait and you know Saudi Arabia. I don't think I ever knew what it was called. All of the major like Middle Eastern nations have their own little oil coalition that, you know, kind of serves as a, a sovereign body and negotiates oil and petroleum exchanges. I don't think I ever knew what it was called. OPEC. OPEC? OPEC. Uh, I mean, is that a, uh, anagram? Acronym. Acronym? We're going to take you back to English, too. <laughs> You're just going to go back to high school. That's going to be season four of the podcast. It's going to be Ashley, Ashley goes, back goes back to high, high school. school and then comes on and tells you everything it's she gonna learned in like science It's going to be like Billy Madison. <laughs> it is. It's going to be like Billy Madison. It's going to be just like Billy Madison. And, and Bradley is, Whitford's going to be there. Yeah. And if it is like Billy Madison, I will be on Jeopardy. Yes, you will. I'm gonna. I'm eating so crow. On, you're totally you. right. That's exactly how this is gonna go down. I shouldn't have said anything. I was in the wrong. You were in the wrong, I'm as per usual. So as it goes today, only one percent of carbon emissions are removed from the atmosphere and stored, making this process cheaper and easier and safer to do. Could help us remove the 100 billion to one trillion tons of carbon necessary to avoid catastrophic global warming by mid-century Damn. right yeah so wow. and that's, they use that's it- those that those are the lengths that we are willing to go to so that 
uh, electric cars and solar energy does not become a thing in this country. We're willing to like overshoot with using science <laughs> to make coal work. It's like, no, we are going to no, make you know coal what? work. We're going to take gonna carbon work. from the atmosphere and we're going to learn how to turn it into coal because <laughs> fuck you and fuck your fucking Prius. This is fucking this America. This is coal country, baby. I got an F-250 and I'll be goddamned if that's going <laughs> to run on solar power. <laughs> I love this country. Uh, I really, this country impresses me every day. It's not always, not always in a good way. No. But one thing you have to say about America is that it finds a way to impress you every single day. Every and day. We just ticked off today's box. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow, that's um, amazing. Yeah, so that's really cool. Also, and I didn't actually do the research on this topic because I ran out of time, but they have also figured out a way... Using lasers, freaking laser freaking beams, laser beams uh-huh. to weld glass to metal Whoa. for the first time. I'm not even being like sarcastic. That's cool. That's really cool because as of now, the only way to bind glass to metal is through adhesives, and all the adhesives have horrible chemicals that can seep out of them. One and two, it's not gonna last forever, and it's also not the safest thing. Technically, I mean, it's fine, but like now that they are able using lasers, freaking laser beams, we'll do that one more time. Weld glass directly to metal, that's going to change industry as we know it. Like, that's going to change how we make airplanes. That's going to change how we, I mean, how we make everything. Yeah. So, little known fact for the Keep It Weird listeners that they probably don't know, but your beloved host, Ashley Cassidy, knows how. To weld. I do know how to weld. How cool is that? Uh-huh. I found myself my own little Rosie the Riveter. <laughs> you know, I haven't welded since... The war? The war <laughs> against the machines. You have an, oh, you ruined it! It was oh. a Rosie the Riveter World War II reference and you ruined it. Oh, okay. You were lucky this is your show because if this was my show, you'd be off the show. Okay. That was mean. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like... Joe has a mustache right now, and I feel like the mustache makes you. Yeah, it makes you mean. It's like turning me into Wario. Yeah, (laughs) what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry for turning into Wario between season two and three. Everybody, I have a mustache. You grew a a mustache and got so angry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, what was I saying before you were so mean to me? Oh, I haven't welded since college, so I'm sure that I've lost the touch. I'm actually not great at starting the weld because I get scared of the spark, the little yeah. guy that scares as, me. As I would be as yeah, well. Yeah, but the actual like process of welding, I can weld really well. And actually, women make the best welders because- well, not little, yes, little hands, but also like attention to detail and delicate. We're very little delicate. Hands. So we're very good at like clean welding. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That does. That makes Anyways. a lot of sense. Anyway, do Girl, another one. Girls rule. Girls do <coughs> rule. I agree. I'm so sorry. Do you have more? Uh, I do. I have, I have two more Then stories. you go, because I only have one more. Oh, okay. So you go, I'll go, you go. You ready for you this go, one? You go, I go, you go. You ready? Yeah. Space veggies! More space? More space, but this and one's... And vegetables. This one's about vegetables. So uh, I'm going to take you on a trip. We're going to Newmire Station 3. 
It's the third iteration of a German research facility on the west coast of Antarctica. Cool. Run by the polar science-focused Alfred Wegener Institute, the purpose of the facility is simple enough in its complexity. I like that sentence. I wrote that myself. That's why I like it. Learn how to grow food in Antarctica, and in doing so, learn how to grow food in outer space. Yes. Specifically on Mars. So, aside from the International Space Station, Newmire appears to be the best place to investigate the issue, given that the environs of Antarctica are the closest representation of the climate of space here on Earth. So, in the midst of thousands of miles of unbroken snow and ice lies a greenhouse teeming with cucumbers, Swiss chard, fresh herbs, arugula. That's Better a, be potatoes in is, there. That is a lovely little salad you got right there. That's a delicious that is salad. A delicious salad. Do they have potatoes? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they have potatoes. They have to. They've seen the Martian. They probably have potatoes. Okay. So this facility is only reach- reachable by plane or icebreaker. And only during... What's an icebreaker? It's uh, the ship's. The ships oh, that you know, yeah. their, their whole purpose is to break the ice so that non icebreaker ships can follow in the for wake. sure, for sure, for sure. So only during the Antarctic summer can you reach it. Can you reach this place? Uh, even even by plane or icebreaker, it's got to be the summertime. Otherwise, it's, it's jammed up, baby. It's too jammed up. Though uh, researchers who are at the facility do live and work on the ice shelf year round. Uh, it's the only year-round facility on the continent. There's nine researchers there. They live and work there, and uh, a rotation lasts 14 months. So once you get there, you are there for 14 months. Uh, civilian visitors are not allowed, and there is only one delivery of food that occurs during the 14-month rotation. They get a giant shipment in at, like, end of spring, early summer. Can they eat the food they grow? Uh, uh Yeah. They do oh. eat the food that they grow, but they have, you know, they need they need more food than right. that. So given the remoteness of the facility, one team member of the nine must be both a medical doctor and a surgeon. Oh, Jesus. Because there isn't enough room to have more than nine this people. This is such a good setting for a horror movie. It kind of already is. Oh, wait, what? The thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were heading somewhere with this. No, story. no, I was no, like, no, no. What happened? No. So, uh, yeah. So, so because spots at the facility are too precious, right. they can't even double down on like a doctor of internal medicine and a surgeon. So they have to go find like the most supremely qualified motherfucker who's like, oh, I'm a doctor of internal medicine and I'm also uh, a renowned surgeon at the same time. Wow. Just like those guys like I pretty much don't exist. everyone that works there gets Shouldn't paid. say guys. I didn't mean like guys. Bank. I just meant like a group of like people. Like you guys. Yeah. Like, like who, you all. Like y'all. Yeah. Yeah, like y'all. But you know, I, I gotta, I, I'm trying to be more aware of that. I know. You know. I am too. Guys is one of those things that like has never affected me because I've always said you guys, mm-hmm. as in you guys. I like to say folks. Ooh, folks. Folks. That's a good one. Yeah, because it's also kind of like down homey. You know what yeah. I mean? It makes people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You can well, run, you depends can, on where you are. You can run for office with a lot with a word like folks. True. You know, like listen up, folks. And they're listen like, this up, guy, folks. This guy this means knows. business, but also I feel like I can talk to him. You know. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, back tell me to about science. those veggies. So on this particular rotation, the facility's doctor, his name's Bernard Grop. He's also the station leader. Wow. So this guy is in charge of the station. He's a doctor of internal medicine. He's also a surgeon. This guy is basically the fucking man. How much does he get paid? I, pro- not enough. I don't know, but probably not enough. Is he um, the McCready? 
that's my next line. Oh no. That's literally the next line no. of my notes. You just you just trampled my no. next joke. Here, to feed death. it to me. Feed feed me the joke. I'll laugh at it. Other specialists at the facility include a geophysicist, a meteorologist, multiple engineers and horticulturists, and some pilot named McCready. <laughs> <laughs> we are laughing. So life at the facility is extremely similar to life on the International Space Station. People living and working in close quarters, small group of people, very unforgiving landscape. Yeah, no um, shit. A photographer just went out there named Esther Horvath, uh, who spent nine days at the facility. And she remarked, if something bad happens, nobody can get here. These people are completely on their own. Yep, that's a horror movie. I can't Scary wait. Scary as shit. I'm going to write it. So uh, the conditions on the continent make the greenhouse a beacon of sorts for its year-round residents. Amidst all the, the gray and white expanse, researchers can, you know, weather permitting, stroll the 1,200 feet from the main building and living quarters to the greenhouse, and they can take in a welcome dose of green. There's actually a fence that connects the two buildings so that uh, during more inclement weather they don't lose track of where they are because visibility goes to literal zero yeah. when when it's you know snowing as it does in antarctica so they actually like grab hold of the fence and they just like side shuffle 400 yards so four football fields to the greenhouse and then you know shuffle back equally important this is interesting and something that you wouldn't think of is uh for therapeutic purposes is the smell factor Oh. Of the greenhouse because there is no smell outside the facility, no smell whatsoever. It's too Spe- cold. Too cold, and there's n- there's nothing to smell. There's yeah. no flora. There's no fauna. Uh, I mean, there's you know f- some fauna. There's you know like polar bears and shit. But yeah. you know, yeah. There's it's it's too cold for a human smell receptors uh, to pick up what faint traces of smell there are around. So. For, for therapy purposes, walking in and smelling all those herbs, it's actually like physiologically rejuvenating for the researchers. Yeah. You know, and you know, walk into the, the, the greenhouse, you're just blasted with the scent of it. So, uh, as for, as for the science and the procedures that are going on there, the garden is actually tended remotely all the way from the mission control center in Bremen, Germany. Uh, everything inside that greenhouse is grown aeroponically, which means that the plants are suspended in midair and the roots are exposed to the air below. So nutrients are delivered to the roots via a sprayed solution rather than soil. Temperature control, carbon dioxide adjustments, even the lighting of this place are similarly controlled remotely from Bremen, Germany. Uh, because there is no soil to work with, seeds are germinated in cubes of rock wool with the cubes having been previously dipped in black cheese wax to what prevent algae growth to ensure their health. Uh, so far, the system has worked perfectly because German engineering. Yep. Why else wouldn't it work perfectly? We've got Germans on the case. Yeah. Crazy. VW bug, baby. VW bug and some less friendly forms of <laughs> German engineering over the years, which we are not going to nope. get into this episode. Don't need to. Dr. Joseph Mangalo will also be season four. Wow. That's incredible. Space veggies. Space veggies. That's amazing. Isn't I love it? that story. Yeah, I thought that was super cool, too. Not just because the whole time I was just thinking of all the things that could go terribly wrong, like the carrots 
mutate and grow teeth and feet and chase the researchers around. Yeah, I mean, that would be terrible. <laughs> we, we don't want that. No. Um, and also, I you're right. I didn't think of the smell thing. I totally, totally could understand like, oh, I got to go get some fresh air. And by fresh air, I mean get into this greenhouse because I'm going crazy because of yeah because of this fucking atmosphere but smell you know made me think of our torture episode where we talk about a form of torture is uh putting someone in an all-white cell put them in all-white clothes sensory deprivation and you feed them only white food and drink so the absence of color especially for someone who's lived a uh, relatively normal life and has been surrounded by color their whole life, the absence of color would eventually drive you insane. Would dry, literally drive you insane. Yeah. Boy, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hit me with a story. Ooh. Flapjack. That's a fun nickname. Yeah, lay it on me, Satchmo. What's like, happening? You don't, you don't like Satchmo? No, I just like try, Flapjack more. Just trying it out. You like Flapjack more? All right. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, you ready? Oh, you know it. Dino DNA. Dino DNA. Recently, the tale of a 99 million year old dinosaur, including bones, soft tissue, and even feathers, has been found preserved in amber. Whoa. Yeah. Dinosaur era feathers have been found in amber before, and evidence for feathered dinosaurs is captured in fossil impressions. But this is the first time that scientists are able to clearly associate well-preserved feathers with a dinosaur and gain a better understanding of their evolution and structure. So to describe the feathers in the tail, um, inside this piece of amber is a one and a half inch appendage covered in delicate wispy feathers that are chestnut brown with a pale or white underside. The tail revealed eight vertebrae from the middle or end of a long, thin tail that was most likely originally originally made up of more than 25 vertebrae. Based on the structure, it seems like it belongs to a juvenile coelosaur, which, <laughs> which is part of a group of dinos that includes everything from Tyrannosaurus to modern birds. Awesome. They were able to rule out that the tail belonged to a prehistoric bird using sciencey stuff that I don't understand, but it had to do with the articulated tail vertebrae. The open, flexible structure of the feathers is more sim- similar to ornamental feathers than flight feathers. Okay. So, so they like do mating? not think that this, yeah, dino could fly. They think that it, the feathers would probably serve as a signaling function. Sure. Like the birds of paradise? Yeah, whether it be mating or whether it be like a cat, how like this hair stand up on yeah. the back of its neck Warning when it's upset. Yeah, yeah, some sort of def- signal. Def- yeah. Um, or it could they could have played a role in temperature regulation. Ah, okay, like interesting. Chickens. Uh, the amber sample was nicknamed Eva, and was actually supposed to be jewelry. It wasn't like dug up in an excavation of any kind. It was being made into a necklace when they found the tail. Whoa! It came from northern Myanmar, and amber from that region most likely contains. The world's largest variety of animal and plant life from the Cretaceous period, but we aren't allowed to mine there because of a decades-old conflict between the Myanmar government and the Kachin Independence Army that controls the valley where the amber is stored. So 
The scientist who acquired Eve had actually bought her the sample at an amber market, and it had already been subject to shaping by the time it was collected by the researchers, which could have ruined it, but it actually offered a really nice cross-section through the tail that enabled the scientists to study the chemistry of the exposed surface. Whoa. Compared to, like, the chemistry of the stuff that was still in the amber. The study also revealed the presence of ferrous iron, which is a decomposition product from the blood hemoglobin that was once present in the dinosaur's soft tissue. The researchers say that the fact that the iron is still present gives them a lot of hope for future analysis to obtain other chemical information on things like pigmentation. So like what color these dinosaurs were. Holy cow. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Amber is the color of your DNA. Oh, God. Right. No, I didn't that, like that one. You guys remember that summer jam? That was a bad song. That's a horrible song. Yeah. Horrible band. But it popped into my head. It did. It popped into my head. I had to do it. You had I to have, sing it. I have minimal, if any, uh, control impulses. <laughs> it's in the brain. It's out the mouth before I know what happened. So basically, hold on. Bless you. That's sneeze number 6,522. Today, but that was the first sneeze during the podcast recording. That was. You made it so far. I know. I did such a good job. It's just a triumph of the human spirit. (laughs) That's what that is. Um, So, yeah. They found the first um, intact dinosaur tail. That's wild. Feathers So, when do we get Jurassic Park? Uh, They're working on it. They're thinking like 2045. We need to get Sir David Attenborough. While he's still around, because we already we lost Richard, so we need to get his brother. You know who David Attenborough is? Yeah. Yeah. What? Richard Attenborough is the actor who played the guy. That's who his brother. Park. Yeah. No one told me. Yeah. Yeah. No one told me. One in the same, girl. Oh my gosh! I know. Uh, one in the same. And he died. Yeah, isn't Richard Richard Attenborough's dad, isn't he? I don't know. We're, I feel like I got to call David hold now. Hold on, I got to consult Dr. Google. Hold I on. I got to call second. David and apologize for his loss. Dave, baby. Dave, baby. That's how I didn't know your brother was in Jurassic Park. We live in Hollywood. What, so that's that's how we all talk here. We call everybody baby. Yeah, he's dead. Oh. He died. <laughs> that was, it was I didn't really, mean, I didn't that mean was for really cold. Say, yeah, oh, he's fucking yeah, dead. He's fucking yeah, dead. he's fucking he died. dead. No, I didn't mean for it to sound like that. No, he uh he passed away. In 2014, at the ripe age of 90, so oh, it's a, he lived a life. It's a good run. Okay, good run. But yeah, we gotta we gotta jump on David before uh, before we you know lose our chance to keep it in the family for sure. So. Okay, go ahead with your last story, and then I have a question or two for you. The headline for this is New Guinea, New Weenie. Uh, that's, that's another one. That's okay. another boom bang and jam. So uh, doctors in Papua New Guinea say that there is a nationwide cri- crisis of botched penis enlargements <gasps> and that it is drawing precious resources away from more pressing health issues. I will say emphatically, this was the story that I was most excited to talk about today. <laughs> Perhaps unsurprisingly. Um, so throughout the small South Pacific nation, uh, which is uh, just off the shore of Australia, boys as young as 16 and men over 55 are reporting penile disfigurement and dysfunction after injecting foreign substances into their penises, <gasps> including but not limited to 
coconut oil, baby oil, and our good friend silicone. Ba-ba-ba. According to Akule Danlop, who is a surgeon at Port Mosby General Hospital, he has treated an average of five cases per week for the last two years. Oh, my God. So that dude clocks in Monday through Friday, and he's doing nothing but fixing dudes' dicks. Why Instead hasn't of, there been a, a news flash on this? Like beep 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 beep. Don't put stuff in your dick. Probably because it's in Papua New Guinea, and as far as you know, Western news is concerned. I mean, this this made a little splash. I mean, I saw it. You know, I came across this. No, I'm talking about like for the locals. For oh, like the a people PSA there. That's like, hey, stop it's doing this. It's a good question. Maybe they don't have health class. So uh, Dr. Danlop has seen lumpy masses growing over the penis and sometimes over the scrotum as well, while others have come in. This is going to be rough, so buckle up. Others have come into his office with ulcers that eventually burst open, (gasps) causing the foreskin to become so swollen that the men cannot urinate. So swollen. So swole. Yowzer! Uh, allegedly, men across the country. You're doing this like very weird radio DJ. Whenever the when the microphone gets in front of my face, I can't help it. I'm like, hey, everybody, this is DJ Jan of Jew at KCRW. <laughs> We're taking caller number seven right now. Caller number seven. What was the first Spin Doctor's number one single? So uh, anyway, back to back to lumpy dicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, men across the country are being conned into the procedure. Mainly by male nurses. What? Who are looking to make a little money on the side uh, with promises of big dongs and satisfied ladies, uh, which is a dream that extends far beyond the borders of Papua New Guinea. Oh but yeah, they're basically, they're appealing to that, uh, to that age old, you know, male inadequacy being like, hey, listen, got to be honest with you. I'm a I've nurse. Seen bigger dicks. I've seen some dicks in my time. You are. Yours is not impressive. You are in the tenth percentile. Let me guess. You're single, and they're like, yeah, and they're like, listen, I got some coconut oil. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's that's rough business. So, um, uh, Doctor Danlop believes, and again, this is a hypothesis from you know from this one particular doctor. He believes that the recent rise in popularity of uh, internet pornography in Papua New Guinea has a lot to do with this. Ah, uh, because they're seeing because they're seeing these monsters, they're seeing they're... these monsters, these monster hogs, and, and they're just thinking like, "I don't look like that. Is that yeah. is that what it's supposed to look like?" Oh, and cool. I want to be they like, listen, a... these people are professionals they get a small taste of what most women feel like right? with porn like I wait i don't like, look like that i don't like, look like this at all i have but you know what fat i can't and i, have I can't cellulite throw, i can't throw I have... a 65 yard perfect spiral through the air just because i see it on television doesn't mean that i think that there's something that can be done about that yeah that's true you know Unless it's like a rookie of the year scenario in which, like, I, you know, tear my rotator cuff or something. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm throwing, all of a sudden I'm throwing 106 mile an hour heat. Just strike. I just changed sports. I don't know how that happens, but (laughs) I'm a dual sport athlete. I'm Bo Jackson in this scenario. So anyway, Dr. Danlop is the only surgeon on the island who is capable of surgically treating these men. Jesus. Uh, Spread the love, dude. Well, I mean, it's not his fault. Right. You know, he's just, he is the only one who has, 
who has the, the, the credentials and, you know, the, the know-how to do this. But that also means that you're taking like one of the most accomplished surgeons, if not the most on the island, and you're basically just relegating this guy to Dicks. fixing these, these dumb fucking procedures. Yeah. Um, so, you know, given the, you know, his level of expertise, you know, he, he, you know, he mused that this is all time that he would prefer to be spending treating cancer patients and doing right. biopsies and like being a doctor, not basically being like, a, glor- a dick doctor. Being like a, a glorified prosthetic surgeon trying to undo these horribly botched procedures. So the nation of Papua New Guinea, they they got they got the big dicks they wanted, but you know, not they didn't grow in the way that they wanted them to grow. Right. They've got big lumpy, lumpy weird lumpy, weird coconut oil filled dongs Dude, right that's now awful. instead. Yeah, so uh, change in my vacation plans. <laughs> I'm not going to Papua New Guinea anymore. What's wrong with people? Here's the, Do you remember the story that we told on This Week in Weird about the guy who went to the doctor with really severe pain in his arm and his back? and uh, Or no, in his arm. His arm was like swollen and red and hot. And uh, they finally like were like, what did you do? What did you put in your arm? Like you obviously did something. And then they found out that for like the past like year, he had been injecting his own semen in his arm because he thought that it would cure his back pain. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I know. And it was like, where did you? I Here's the thing. I think that that whole like I thought it would cure my back pain. I think that that was it's sort of like when people go to the doctor and they've got a toothbrush shoved up their ass and they're like, I fell off the bed. And it's like you didn't fall off the bed. Well, you were sexually the, yes. pleasing yourself. So yes. I think it was like a f- fetishy type obsession type situation. Listen, uh, saying that. All right, believing that it would cure your back pain is probably a better excuse than the real motive. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Because if it was like I thought it would cure my back pain, it's like, where'd you hear that? Yeah, where'd you catch that one? He's like, Red Shoe Diaries. (laughs) Like, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Let's go to a couple questions real quick. Let's do it. Before we wrap it up. Are these questions for me? They were sent in for you, yes. Whoa, how nice is that? Clarissa asks... Hi, Clarissa. What is your secret to that luscious hair that you have? (laughs) Judaism. Ah, That was easy. Yeah, that was easy, right? Uh, I just, you know what? Honestly, just just lucky. Just got some good hair. Yeah, he he also found a good haircut for himself, too. I did. I mean, and honestly, like, it's weird to act like to... I have a hard time answering any question um, earnestly, let alone ones that are, you know, about my, my personal appearance. That uh-huh. just makes me soups on comfs. But yeah, I've got, you know, I've got I've got a haircut that works for my face uh-huh. and I've got a hair product that works for my hair and I've got uh, a brush that works for my hair. And it's it was it was a lot of trial and error over the years, but uh but finally got to something that works. I can't wait to show him a picture of your stash. Oh, man. Yeah. It's real groovy. Yeah. I'm not a stash girl, guys. But I'm this stash as well. I got to be honest with you. I'm actually like kind of... <laughs> I'm not creeped out by my mustache. I'm creeped out by how much I like my mustache. Yeah. We I went was, out... Um, 
mistakenly went out last weekend. I shouldn't have. I should have stayed home. I was shitting everywhere. But we went out last weekend, and I think we counted 12 people that complimented you. 11? I got like nothing but compliments. Literally every single person was like, hey, mustache. I'm I'm follicularly blessed. What can I say? Well, we'll leave it at that. God sent it. I signed for it. (laughs) James asked. Hi, James. Who are the true rulers, reptilians or greys? Hmm. <laughs> the banks. <laughs> How's that? That's good. Um, Kelly Reed has a question. Kelly Reed! She said, ask him about the Patriot Act. <laughs> oh, God. Don't get me started. I know, we're not. That was just a joke don't question. Get me we can't. Oh, we don't have enough time. Oh, you're, you, Kelly, and your joke questions. <laughs> she ended it with a ha 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 ha. Oh, you know. She knew that your ears would With start the bil- bleeding the, the and your hair would catch on fire. It was a joke. All right, understood. Sam. Hi, Sam. Ha, Sam. Ha, Sam. Wanted us to talk about the picture of the black hole. Oh, yeah. We actually, it's funny you bring that up because we actually agreed to uh, deliberately leave that out of this. Yeah, because everyone kind of like Because it was the like, th- this w- that was not a science deep dive at uh-huh. all. It was just kind of like, well, people... People at least saw the thumbnail. They at, yeah. least saw, they at least saw the headline and they either made the choice to read about it or they made the choice to not read about it. And if you did, you know. And if you don't, you don't care. So um, I will personally say super fucking cool. Super fucking cool. Super yeah, cool. Agreed. And uh, I can't wait to travel through one one day. Um, You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. You'll all no, see. No, I, I wasn't saying like um. I don't think you will. I was saying like um. Pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. Well, That's I want to do so it when scary. I'm like on my way out. I yeah. want to do it when I'm like already like <gasps> about to be murdered at 102. Yep, when I'm about to be murdered at 102 after a, a lifetime of cigarettes and drugs and bacon grease and LSD has actually made me stronger as time goes on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so when I'm on my way out, it's like, you know what? Blast me through that fucker. I want to see what's on the other side. Worst case scenario, I just off myself. The black hole, Jesus, the black hole Well, photo. if it's like a mist scenario and it's like a portal to a dimension where these like giant creatures that just want to eat me alive. It's True. like, well, good thing I've got this gun. Bang. Yeah, because I don't want to get torn to pieces by this giant crab. Yeah. That was another thing, like the Mars rover, where I saw the picture of the black hole, and I was like, look at the little guy. <laughs> and then I... <laughs> black hole! It I know, swallows like, stars, I know, but I saw this picture, and I was like, little spaghetti Oh, little guy. A little sweetie. A little guy. A little pumpkin. A little and then hole. it, like, they had, like, the picture of the black hole um, with our solar system inside of it yeah. and i mean our entire solar yeah, system they fit into like a, yeah teeny tiny little pinpoint in yeah. it and i was like oh my, oh my stars. stars brett wants to know what's up brett brett from, finally a dude uh, <laughs> i sam might have been a dude for some reason sam my, was not a dude but james was oh james that's right sorry james that's <laughs> awful it's like the third guy and it's like finally it's like finally a real man <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a man's man who listens to this show that I'm not a part of. So, Brett, um, Hi, Brett. who you guys know from our weird history episode, Brett Carell. Brett Carell. He asked, How is he? I miss him. <laughs> that better not be the last one. It's not. I'm doing great, Brett. I'm doing great. 
I hope you are as well up in the great white north up there in Alberta, Canada, eh? <laughs> too bad about the flames there, huh? Got bounced in the first round? That's too bad. Yeah, I'm sure he has no idea what you're Brett's talking about. Brett's never seen a hockey game, <laughs> but he does live in Alberta now, so it's like, hey, comes with the territory, man. True, you you're, better you're, learn. You're the guy who moved to Canada. Don't like hockey? Should have moved south. One more question. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Mandy asks. Hi, Mandy. When are you guys getting married? Oh, <laughs> Mandy, Mandy. You, Mandy, what are you doing to me? You, you saucy minx. <laughs> uh, real soon. How's that for an answer? That is a really cute answer. <laughs> real soon. A real cute answer. Real soon. All right. Well, before I die, we better wrap it up for today. Uh, we hope you guys really enjoyed all your science news. We should do this more often. I learned a whole bunch. I, I just had so much fun doing this. I have I have missed being on the show. I, I, I really have. I It's always a treat to come on. But uh, since my first episode, I, I haven't gone this long. Without being on the True, show, yeah, it's and, been a uh, while. and I was really excited to do it, and uh, and it it was even more fun than I thought it was going to be. So so thank you everybody for for listening and for always saying nice things and saying that you, you like when I'm a guest on the show because I I I talk a big game and I got a big mouth, but I'm I'm really I'm really just a softy. He's really just a soft, so, sweet boy with a mustache. When, whenever I'm told that people are asking for for me, it it always feels good. So thank you. Before we go, I got to ask you, how about those Florida men? How about those Florida men? Those guys are funny as hell. Yes, I knew you know what I was talking about as soon as I said yeah, it. Yeah, no, they they really are. They're super funny. It's um it's a a really really great idea for a podcast and um if if I can come clean with something I I actually despite the fact that I used to have podcasts and I'm a regular guest on the best podcast. Oh. I uh, I kind of struggle with podcasts a little bit. I lose interest really quickly, but I've heard a couple episodes, and uh, man, these guys are funny, like effortlessly so. So kudos to Florida Man. Florida Man, Florida Man. <laughs> it's called Florida Men on Florida Man. Okay, it's there you what- <laughs> go. And uh, yeah, I no, no BS, no hyperbole. Uh, these guys are super funny. So if you haven't listened to them already, give them a shot. For sure. They are, uh, you can actually find them at fmofm.com, or you can find them on Instagram at fmofm podcast and uh, i mean it's exactly what you think it is it's four dudes that sit around and they talk about florida man stories and they have like a headlines segment where they talk about like (laughs) current or close to current florida man news headlines which there seem to be endless amounts of and then they end each episode with like a really cool florida story I've never liked Florida so much. My mom's from Florida, and I've never liked Florida so much. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So check kudos. out um, Florida Men on Florida Man. They are the best, and they're just really nice dudes. So, support them. They seem like really nice right? dudes. I haven't had any personal contact with them myself, but uh, but I bet they're great. I bet they're really nice I guys. I bet they're a couple really nice boys. <laughs> Um, And thank you guys so much for listening and thank you so much for sticking with us through sickness and health and pregnancies (laughs) until death do us part. Hopefully, if things work out, your next episode is going to be on creepy children. And we've got some real good shit lined up for you. If you're in Los Angeles next weekend, please come out and see us. We're going to be in North Hollywood at T-Pop on May 4th. 
They are having a May market, which is essentially a gathering of vendors from art to jewelry to goods and services. And your girl's going to be there talking it up with everybody. Joe will be there, too. I'll be there. I'm running security. Joe's security. Yeah. Don't don't come too close. Don't come too close. I will not hesitate to take your punk he ass down. He will put his hand on your chest. I will. I will, I will put my hands all over you, <laughs> but not if you're a lady. <laughs> right. Your girls are going to be there. We're going to be talking it up with everybody. We're going to be doing kind of an experiment. We're not sure how it's going to wind up. but It's going to be an experiment? An experiment. We're experimenting on the public. No, we just want to talk to you about your strange experiences one-on-one. IRL, as the kids say, in real life. Mano a mano. Mano a mano. Which a lot of people incorrectly think means mano man to man. Oh. But it doesn't. It means hand, hand to hand. hand. How about I knew that? that? You did know that. I took Spanish. Because you took Spanish for two years and then promptly uh, forgot all of it. Excuse you. I took Spanish for four years, but here's the <laughs> thing. I took Spanish for four years in Southern Illinois. Yeah, so, so you, had, so you, had, you, had, pe- you had Peggy Hill as your Spanish fight. teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Quiero, <My> queso. <laughs> my Spanish teacher's name was Bert. like i forgot it all anyways come out the market's from 11 to 4 p.m on saturday may 4th in north hollywood you can find all the info on that on our instagram speaking of which follow us on social media at keep it weirdcast across all platforms Check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast if you want to donate to our show and get bonus episodes and monthly newsletters full of cool stories and links and such. We have t-shirts and hoodies and tote bags and buttons and all kinds of cool merch on our Etsy store on www.etsy.com slash shop slash keepitweirdpodcast. Joey, what's our sign off this week? Uh, ooh, sign off this week. Uh, oh, um, okay, so it's not like a, uh, you know, like, watch the skies or anything like that, but it's just a little PSA from your friendly Uncle Joe. Okay. Now remember, everybody, coconut oil goes on your dick, <laughs> not in your dick. Joey. Do you want me to do another one? No, you don't have to do another one. You just have to apologize for the one you did do. No. Oh. No, I won't. I I shan't. I stand by it. All right. For all you guys out there, coconut oil goes on your dick, not in your dick. And for all you ladies out there, I I want to apologize um, for my crude sign-off. Not apologizing to the guys. They're loving it. Girls, though, that's crude. I'm sorry. Also, ladies, do not use coconut oil as your lubricant. No. Ever. No. Or to cook with. It's apparently not that good for you. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, and keep it weird. Bye, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my laugh's gonna. I sound like an old. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna really. I'm gonna really push it. We're gonna get that creepy old lady laugh out of you as much as possible. Like Reagan from The Exorcist. Something's inside me. In time. We should watch that. We should. We just watched it. Nah. <laughs> nah, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We've never seen it. <laughs> no, nah, you don't know what I'm talking about. You've never seen that movie. You're right. I've only seen The Exorcist 3 because you've made me watch it every weekend for the last three and a half years. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> it's what it feels like. Okay.